You're listening to the Boogeyman's Closet Podcast. Explicit language and spoilers ahead. You've been warned. And we are back for yet another episode of the Boogeyman's Closet. As always, I am Mike Alvarez. Maurice Killifer. And unfortunately, Susie couldn't join us today, but we do have a guest joining us. Guess who's back? Strasburg's back. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us again, good sir, especially uh, for this schlockfest. Um, <laughs> I have to say, both you and Omay were brave souls joining us for this month. <laughs> but uh, we are wrapping up our month well, of hated films. Oh, good. Before Marty. that, I was going to say the checks in the mail, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, but now we are wrapping up our month of hated films with episode 132. Now, this was uh, unfortunately for Maurice, he had to take the second bullet. We played Russian <laughs> roulette. And uh, we all picked two other films for the fans to vote on. And the fans hey, voted in this. Hey, I didn't take the bullet. I, I actually feel honored because I'm not the only one that feels this way. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. But, you know, I honestly wonder, though, I think some of the people that were voting for it voted for it because they like In fact, I know some of the people voted for it. They voted for it because they liked it. So who, who in their right mind would like this movie? Well, we got one joining us today. <laughs> Oh man, curveball! I fucking love this movie. Little peek behind the curtain there, but yes. So we'll stop burying the lead. We're covering Jaws: The Revenge, the fourth Jaws film. This Uh, time it's personal. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. This is from 1987. It's an hour and 29 minutes. Another PG-13 horror film, uh, directed by Joseph Sargent, who he was basically a television director. Like, he did a bunch of shows like Lassie, Bonanza, Gunsmoke, The Man from Uncle, stuff like that. <laughs> and then there was that, uh, I want to say it was made for TV horror film. It was like an anthology film called Nightmares back in the 80s. Um, well, but yeah, most, watch, most watching, watching this was a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get into the cast, we're going to go around the table. Uh, I know normally we go with our guests, but Maurice, because this was your other pick, <laughs> we're going to start with you. What is what do you think of this film? Why do you hate it? I this movie's just bad. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I don't. There's just nothing redeeming about it. It's just terrible. <laughs> like I was gonna say, you're really struggling to find something good. <laughs> There's nothing good. <laughs> the acting was terrible. The the writing was bad. Um, this movie should have been. I can't believe it was released to theaters. It if it were to come out today, it would definitely come out to sci-fi. It would be direct oh God, yeah. <laughs> direct to cable. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, look at the actors there. I I mean, they had to bribe Michael Caine with a million and a half just to get him to do it. And he's never That's watched the movie. He's never watched it. And he was just looking for a payday. Yeah, yeah I, heard, he, I heard. I heard he calls this movie. Was it like the the movie that bought my house or something like that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's, he's, he says he's the movie that bought his house. He goes, "I've never seen the movie, but I've seen the house it built, and it's lovely." There you go. <laughs> <laughs> he, 
So, uh, to go behind the scenes, he got paid a million and a half for seven days of work. Mm-hmm. So not a bad payday. So for the for the one good actor in this movie, and he didn't <laughs> have a big role, so this I, I can't. But I mean, I I don't really consider him the main cast. The main cast was just terrible. Uh, <laughs> oh come on, Lance Lance Guest is awesome in the Last Starfighter. Oh he yeah, is. don't hate in the Last Starfighter. <laughs> and, and and what's and Mario Van Peebles is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote, he wrote his own character for this. He, yeah, well maybe he should. He should. Yeah, <laughs> he should have tried harder. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, it's the whole concept. I mean, I know it's a shark movie, but the whole concept that this shark can find the family is just ridiculous. <laughs> I just keep thinking the entire time they showed the shark, I just kept hearing in my head, Vendetta! <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. It's so bad. <laughs> my name is Bruce, and you killed my father. <laughs> Prepare to, to die. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh lord yeah i got nothing uh, it's it's just it's a bad movie that's all i got i will never watch it again ever <laughs> well i will uh, i will toss this over to our guest here and josh i will i will say in advance uh one of our listeners in particular said you deserve a hug for for defending this film so <laughs> <laughs> hey i'll take it so I'm gonna I, toss it over to you. <laughs> Thanks. I fucking love this movie. I don't even like like it a little bit. Like I love it. I think this movie's badass. I think <laughs> no, no, it's just bad. It's bad. It is. It's bad. But it's to me, no. This is this is this is the epitome for me. This is the definition of like a movie that's so bad it's good. A movie that you watch just because it's ridiculous. You know, like to me, it's like a trauma film. You know, like you watch yes. it because they're hilarious. They're so fucking stupid. Um, but that's what that's what makes it fun, and that's why I love about this movie because it it's it's like the Rocky Four. Like it takes this you know amazing award winning unbelievably well-crafted masterpiece and then you fast forward a couple of sequels and it's just become a complete parody of itself just a complete cartoon and that's what i love about it it is just ridiculous yeah i i would agree there's very little redeeming quality about it you know i do like lance guest i do like michael kane although he he's like the vince vaughn like he's just playing himself the whole time just telling stories <laughs> yeah. just michael yeah. caning all over it you know he's not really <laughs> acting <laughs> but it's so oh, dumb God. it's so dumb and uh, yeah the premise is ridiculous the pacing is there, there, there's so much like filler, and we'll get to it as we go through. It's, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was just watching it again today, like as a quick refresher. But I've seen this movie a hundred times, thousands. I don't know how many times, and <laughs> I just wanted, I just wanted a quick refresher on like when a couple of the things happened. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like nothing has happened. We're like an hour in, and nothing has happened. It's right. like they're going. <laughs> there's just so uh, much filler and so much bullshit. <laughs> Well, I was I, I was gonna say I was watching and I was like this movie needs to end, and then I would check the time. It was only like thirty minutes in. Yep. Yeah, 
I mean, if you, thought, if, if you like, they can edit this, edit this for television and fit it in like a half an hour time slot with commercials and like you get the whole story, like what, what little story they have to tell. There's like four scenes that I think are like genuinely like necessary to the story that they're trying to tell and are actually interesting and, and to watch, you know, and I'll, I'll point them out as we go. Um, but like, yeah, yeah, like I said, I can't defend it as a quality movie, but I will defend it as just a fun as hell dumbass schlock fest that is just they successfully in my opinion just made it enjoyable i love the fact that you know we have that the premise is you know somehow jaws is alive or it's another shark i don't fucking know but and travels you know to uh warm water to chase the brodies for some reason (laughs) like decades after you know the original shark was killed. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. I completely ignore the third movie. I mean, probably rightfully so. See, I would put, the, <laughs> I would have put the third movie probably in this list to vote for this month. Because while I love Lewis Gossett Jr. and and Quaid, Dennis Quaid, there's oh my god, that third movie is just fucking oh. garbage, and it's not even yeah. fun. Like it's boring. Whereas this yeah. movie at least has some really great scenes that I think are exciting to watch. But you just you, it's like you have to squint at it. You know, just <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't think I was squinting. I think I was falling asleep. <laughs> oh, man, it's not as bad as Street Fighter. I fell asleep trying to oh. watch that. Uh, <laughs> I did fall asleep. Be, that took me so long to get through for our show. <laughs> yeah. So long. So that, 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 that is the that I think Street Fighter for the Raised by Rentals uh, um, research was the record number of uh, sittings to get through the movie. It was like yes. five, five sittings to get through a, like a 90 minute movie. <laughs> and I literally fell asleep the first time. <laughs> it, it, it took me, it took me three sittings over the course of like eight hours. You know, it's just like, I couldn't do it. But now I will say, uh, I've already said, I didn't like this, this movie. I've said that a couple times on this show. I'm not a big shark movie guy to begin with. Um, I love the original Jaws. I mean, who doesn't? It's just a really well-made film. Even if you're not a shark movie fanatic, it's just a really well-made film. I'll even go so far as to say Jaws 2 ain't that bad. It's not one of my favorites, but it ain't that bad. I will agree 3 is steaming garbage. Yes. (laughs) Um, And then this one, it's a combination of... I'm bored. So yeah, the filler and holy hell, when you watch it, even with, even with one critical eye, like you you can just kind of, kind of half paying attention. There is some shit in here that I'm like, Oh, come on. (laughs) It's, 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 it's to the level of like Jersey shore shark attack where I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) Um, now. Oh, good. I got more enjoyment out of Santa jaws. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes and, and that was made for tv but that's what i was gonna say now there are those shark movies that you know like right off the bat okay this is gonna be a schlock fest and when it delivers on that schlock fest it's fun santa jaws i had a blast with it i thought it was Sharknado. it was ridiculous the first sharknado yeah like they mm-hmm. get really hard to watch as it goes on um but but the first one is funny as hell like it's a fun movie. Uh, freaking Meg, the the Megalodon movie. Yeah. I mean, it's freaking. Um. Oh God, what's his name from Snatch? Um. Jason Statham. Thank you, Jason mm-hmm. Statham in like a sci-fi submarine versus a giant prehistoric shark. 
Like, <laughs> it's insane and dumb and hilarious, and I loved it. You know, stuff like that where you know what you're getting into. Hell, even Deep Blue Sea, where they have the genetically engineered smart sharks. <laughs> yeah. You know, but you know from the opening credits, okay, tongue is firmly in cheek. Let's go. You know, it's a silly, dumb, fun movie. This was trying to be serious well, they, while also being weird. Yeah. I mean, they spent good money on this movie. Didn't they spend like what, like $40 million to make it? Something like that. It, it was see, and that's I think that and that's my entire problem with this is they wanted to make a serious Jaws film and they gave us a psychic shark. <laughs> like there are problems <laughs> here. And I get it. I know the 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 book that uh, you know has all these subplots involving voodoo and a voodoo curse on the Brody family, and that's why the shark is drawn to them. I get it. Yeah, maybe if you put a little magic in the movie, I would have accepted it more. But <laughs> I don't know. I got some problems like right in the first five minutes of the film. <laughs> so I am I am overall not a fan. I will say this: I laughed more at this film than any other movie this month. Like, <laughs> well, there you go. I, Break up the, I, the monotony of that fucking Hellraiser and, <laughs> and, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like, uh, ball drops. And, and Well, that's the thing. I thought, because I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I laughed pretty hard, because McConaughey is, is <laughs> just so fucking nuts in that movie, it's hilarious. Um, but watching this, I'm like, I laughed more at this than I did at Texas Chainsaw, because there is just some moments where I'm like, what? <laughs> like, it's just so absurd that it caught me off guard well um i i, I don't want to skip to the end but when that oh. roar happens that's it that was it okay. we, we so gotta dumb. talk about the roar that is yeah. literally a sound bite from a tom and jerry cartoon tom, like literally because it, the sound effect guy was so embarrassed to do that that he refused yes. to do it he was like sharks do not roar they were like make it roar and he's like fine <laughs> He stole a fucking Tom and Jerry song and put it in the movie. But yeah, there's so many decisions in this movie. The roar included, and and God, we'll we'll get we'll get we'll we'll point him out as we go. But I I can I'm just picturing this like you know coked out Hollywood producer who signed a bunch of checks and was like, you know, it'd be really cool, (laughs) and just starts spouting (laughs) off ridiculous ideas like, let's make the shark roar, yeah, (laughs) just just skiing his nose down a slope of cocaine. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Thank you. <laughs> well, see, and that's the thing. Like, you, you see movies like this and Jaws 3, and then you, you think back on what was originally um, pitched for Jaws 3. And I believe it was Joe Dante that pitched it. But originally, they, where they wanted to go with the franchise, like, and, and I think um, Steven Spielberg is the one that shot it down. But Hollywood wanted to make a comedy about Jaws. And it was going to be called Jaws 3 People Zero. Oh, and it's it, a good title, though. <laughs> right? <laughs> and it started with like a Hollywood director in a pool in the Hollywood Hills, like reading a script and Jaws getting him in the pool. And I'm like, that would have been fucking hilarious. Like, it would have been straight up like airplane of Jaws movies. I would have watched the shit out of that because I love Gremlins 2 better than right? the first one. Fight me. Gremlins 2 is a better movie. <laughs> 
it's a more enjoyable movie. I'll say that. Okay, it's not a better movie. I get it. Like quality, quality, whatever. But Gremlins Two is a better movie because it's more fun to watch, and that's all I give a shit about. That's why I like. We talked about it recently. I like the AVP movies. I like yep. Nightmare on Elm Street remake. I like the Freddy vs. Jason. I like. I like a movie that is fun. I don't care if it's good because. You know, and we mentioned this earlier. It's like when you go in to watch a movie, like you have to like calibrate the bar. Like, is yes. it is a is is it a quality like low bar or high bar? What are you going in to enjoy? And the cool thing about this movie, <laughs> to me, what makes it so fun is that like that you could tell they they wanted to set the bar as high as at least the second movie, maybe not as high as the first one. You know, at least as high as the second one, and. But then it just takes such a jagged left turn, you know, like 20 minutes <laughs> yes. or so in the movie that it's just like, OK, there's that coked out Hollywood producer who's just like, no, nah, fuck that shit. We're doing this. You know, we're going to the fucking Caribbean because I want to sit. I want to sail around on my boat, you know, on the weekends or whatever. It's just, you know, like it's, it's just it's crazy. And that's why I love it, because you think you're good. You're in for like a, you know, a halfway decent kind of sort of fourth entry sequel like this could still be good you know jaws was a serious you know respectable like literary style movie and then it just goes so wildly off the reservation that i am just along for the ride yeah well see and that's the thing now now we have said this plenty times on this show that we're never going to judge someone for their for their taste in films because we all have those comfort food movies that are like what that's fucking ridiculous it's a terrible movie and I'm number one on the list to be like, I will flat out say like my top five favorite movies. A lot of them are not good movies. They're great to me. I love them. Mm -hmm. So like return of the living dead or hobo with a shotgun. Like love it. I absolutely adore those movies can watch them back to back to back and never get bored. Would I recommend that to someone who's like a film fan? No, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> like, <laughs> not at all. Like you would not enjoy this. Or like Psycho Gorman. We talked about that the other day. Like Psycho Gorman is one of those movies where it's it's fucking absurd. It's insanity on film, and it's so much fun. Would I say that that is a you know like a high caliber film? No. Would I say it's a really fun movie? Absolutely. So. The, the thing with this is like never going to judge anyone for their for their movie taste. But I will say with this show, even watching the movies I love, you know, we watch it with a critical eye and we start to see the cracks, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, even yeah. even when we covered Return of the Living Dead, I was like, yeah, there's OK, there's a couple moments here. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, just, you know, because I know we do have some listeners that are fans of this. And I just just want to say, like, look, I, I'm not I'm not tearing apart your favorite film and saying, you, you know, you shouldn't like it. I'm just saying it wasn't for me. <laughs> so, I am here to defend it. Josh yes. four is awesome. <laughs> so let's, let's get into the cast. Um, right off the bat, we have, uh, Ellen Brody. It's uh, Lorraine gray. Or, I'm sorry. Lorraine Gary returning. Uh, she was in jaws one and two night gallery and 1941. Michael Brody, as we mentioned earlier, played, played by Lance guest. We saw him in Halloween 2. He was also in The Last Starfighter, St. Elsewhere, and The X-Files. Uh, Jake was played by Mario Van Peebles. We would know him from The Cosby Show, L.A. Law, 21 Jump Street, uh, Highlander 3, The Final Dimension. <laughs> and uh, I forgot about that movie until I saw it on the list. I was like, holy crap. That was a terrible Highlander. Um, it's a good thing that's not a horror movie or we'd make you watch it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, Do you guys remember that movie, Bad Ass? with like 8,000 S's. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was in that. 
Uh, then we have Carla Brody, played by Karen Young. She was in Heat, L.A. Law, Law and Order, The Sopranos, and CSI Miami. Then uh, the one high-caliber actor in this, Hoagie. <laughs> I love that his name is Hoagie. <laughs> played by Michael Caine. Um, obviously, we would know him from from stuff like the, uh, the Christopher Nolan uh, Batman movies, The Prestige, Now You See Me, 1 and 2, Dunkirk. Um, he was in uh, The Muppets Christmas Carol. I love that movie. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. <laughs> The Hand. Now, there's a horror movie we may get on here one day. Wow, yeah. <laughs> That's another that. movie he hates that he did. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's about a killer hand. We already did the other one. We did Idle Hands, so we might as well get the original on here. Um, and then he was an Austin Powers gold member. <laughs> <laughs> we have Thea. Oh, good. I was going to say, yeah, I know him, him being cast as Austin Powers' dad to me was like Patrick Stewart being cast as Professor X. It's like nobody oh. else. Nobody else can play the role. It's such yeah. such perfect, perfect casting. That was a moment of sheer genius on the casting department. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, then we have Thea played by uh, Judith Barcy, uh, The Twilight Zone, The Fall Guy, Punky Brewster, Cheers, Growing Pains, and St. Elsewhere. Unfortunately, she passed away very young. Yeah, um, she, was, she was killed by her father. Yeah. Oh my gosh! No, I didn't yeah, even it was know that. Really horrible. Yeah, ten, ten years old. Mm -hmm. It was a murder suicide. Her, her mother, and then he killed himself. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And then started the house on fire. Yep. Yeah, it's was... some crazy Hollywood stories when you start going down these rabbit holes. Very sad. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, then we have uh, Sean Brody, played by uh, Mitchell Anderson. He was in Space Camp. You guys remember that movie? I love that movie. I would say I love Space Camp. So good. Who's who's in that? Uh, Leah Thompson's in that. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Tate Tate Donovan is that his name? Uh, anyway, all the actors. Uh, I just remember Duke, Duke Lamar from Revenge of the Nerds. I can't think of yes. his real name. <laughs> I remember watching that so much as a kid. That was one of those oh. '80s staples. Yeah, and freaking Sarah Jessica Parker and Joaquin Phoenix. That's a mm -hmm. back when Joaquin was still being called Leaf. He was Leaf Phoenix in that movie. <laughs> See, that I forgot about. See, I clearly um, I had to tape on HBO and watch it all the time, obviously. <laughs> but he was also in uh, 21 Jump Street, Doogie Hauser, Melrose Place, and Party of Five. And then we have Louisa, played by Lynn Whitfield. She was in Hill Street Blues, Miami Vice, Martin, Eve's Bayou, and Tales from the Hood 3. I, I still haven't seen Part 3. I've seen 1 and 2. Part 1 I love. Part 2 left a lot to be desired. So, haven't, haven't gotten to Part 3 yet. <clears throat> I can't imagine it's any good. Yeah, I mean, part two had moments like where I was like, okay, that was fun, but it's just part one is such a good movie. <laughs> it was very hard to mm -hmm. to live up to that. It really fell off quick. Yeah, but so for for anyone uh, listening to this that is like, well, what is this one about? <laughs> the uh, the plot is Chief Brody's widow believes that her family is deliberately being targeted by another shark in search of revenge. <laughs> I have so many questions right off the bat. Like, is it related to Jaws? You know, did, did it just get pissed off? Like, you, you killed my buddy? Like, wh what's going on? Why is, is the it, shark targeting them? Is he back from the dead? Has it been the same shark all along? <laughs> right. <laughs> did he somehow get his body put back together after exploding? Oh, it's crazy. But we open with a POV shot of the shark swimming through the har harbor at Amity, while the iconic uh, Jaws music plays in the opening credits roll. So we, we cut to an extreme close-up of a dead fish in a frying pan, and then pan out, and we see uh, Ellen and her son Michael, uh, or no, wait, no, I'm sorry, Sean, 
uh, Ellen and Sean making dinner. And so they get a phone call from uh, Thea and Michael who live in the Bahamas and they're, you know, calling and wishing them a happy Christmas and all that. Cause it's right around Christmas time. That's the other thing we forgot to mention right off the top. This is, this is technically a Christmas movie. <laughs> I know we, we could have yeah. put this in our Christmas movie. <laughs> right. I, I always forget that this, this one takes place at Christmas, but so they, uh, we, we cut to, uh, from the phone call, we cut to Sean, Ellen and, uh, Sean's fiance, Tiffany out Christmas shopping. We also see here that Sean is now uh, the deputy, just like his father. Um, so he kisses the gals goodbye and says he has to go check in and heads to the police station. At the station, he's told about some debris stuck in the bay, and the Coast Guard is busy, so and it needs to be moved before the fishermen come in in the morning, so Sean has to go and take care of it. So he hops in a boat and heads out to the bay. Now, we see the debris is caught on a dinghy. <laughs> 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 or a little buoy, you know. A buoy, yeah. Yeah. You got dinghies so, on the brain. <laughs> I do, because this movie's a dinghy. Um, but, so, Jaws okay. literally sets a buoy trap. <laughs> like, like let, let's stop and think about that. The yeah. shark sets a fucking trap. <laughs> I love it. Okay, and I'll, okay, I'll say this, right? Watching this movie critically, I l- literally never noticed it in, like, the hundred times I've seen this movie before is why the fuck did anyone care about this stupid log? It wasn't blocking anything. It was I like know. a 10 foot log stuck Ugh. on a buoy that made it made the buoy tilt like maybe five degrees to one side. <laughs> like it's not going to cause anybody any trouble. There's plenty of room to to sail your boat around it or swim around it or whatever the fuck. Like the fact that they had to send this deputy out there after dark, like after hours, to go move a log is the dumbest thing. It's that this is one of the dumbest things in the movie. There's dumber things, but this is the <laughs> one that I, I as a lover of the movie, was like, "Come on, like you could, you could have tried harder to put something in the way to to justify this poor guy, you know? Like, let alone like what's about to happen to him. But the fact that he was trying to like go home, you know, at Christmas time, and 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 they send him out on this stupid, pointless errand. I was like, come on, they could have tried harder. See, I'm I'm more upset that that the shark set a trap. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. See, I'm I'm on I'm on board with the trap. Like this is <laughs> the shark is he's devious, like evil genius, like plotting schemes. And I'm on board right off the bat. But the log oh. is lazy. <laughs> it, it is. And so Sean goes to move the fucking log. And Jaws jumps out of the water and bites his arm off. Now, there's two things immediately that, that I, I had to pause the film because I was laughing too hard. Number one, it's the quick cuts. So, like, we just see, like, Jaws out of the water. Like, we don't really see him jump out of the water. We just see the water move. Jaws is now out of the water. And then Sean falls back in the boat with his arm clearly tucked inside his sweater. Like, there's a huge <laughs> lump. It's terrible. Just, it, Tad, it, tattered raggedy plastic. It, it was so bad that I thought maybe his arm was tucked and he was so scared that he thought it was bit off. But right. then I real then I saw the blood. I was like, yeah, they really are yeah. acting like it bit off his arm. But yeah, he's kind of tucked inside. And it's so yeah. bad too, because he's he's trying to reach over and like, you know, put his ha- other hand on like the wound, and he has to reach so far around his own <laughs> shoulder that's obviously still there. It's silly. Oh, uh, and, and the See, now, here's one of those moments, though, that bothered the shit out of me. When, before the bite, when they show the close-up of Jaws, 
there's blood pouring out of his mouth already. And I'm like, does he have gingivitis? Like, why is why is he bleeding profusely from the mouth before he bites Sean? It, oh, it's really bad. But the best part is while Sean is like, he's like flailing around, missing an arm. We're cutting back and forth between this attack and like a choir singing on the dock, singing the first Noel. <laughs> so, <laughs> Because it's a Christmas movie. It's festive. But it's like, oh my God, I was crying. I was laughing so hard because he's just like, ah, screaming. And they're like, the first no. See, like, you, oh don't, you, don't, you don't understand, Mike. You don't understand the quality filmmaking at play. They were trying to show you that nobody could hear him because they were singing. And it didn't matter that he was like a quarter mile off the shore. They couldn't hear him because of the singing. It's it's Christmas's fault. It's Christmas's fault that Sean died. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, Lord. But, oh, Lord. So he's screaming. Jaws jumps out and wrecks his boat and pulls him in the water. And then Sean pops up one last time to scream for help before Jaws pulls him under until the bubbles stop. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, yeah, let's just just analyze this opening for a second. The, The cop was sent out on a pointless errand where the shark set a trap. (laughs) He loses his arm, which is really tucked in his jacket. The shark is bleeding before it attacks. And we have Christmas carolers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know how you'd want to start a movie any better than that. I mean, that's like genius right there. (laughs) I am fully on board. (laughs) It only gets weirder from here. (laughs) So we we cut to Ellen at the morgue, identifying what's left of of Sean's body. And then we see Michael and his family come into town. Uh, Michael finds his mother. It's like the next day. Michael finds his mother standing out by the water and goes to see her. She tells him that it came for him. It waited all this time and it came for him. And and again, this is what pisses me off about the movie because it's about a shark vendetta. (laughs) I just don't like it. Yeah, see, but... Back it up to the to Jaws 2, right? Which I also, by the way, love and will defend. Jaws yeah. 2 is an awesome movie. But it's fucking dumb at the same yeah. time for the same reasons. Because it's basically just like a repeat of the first movie, but with teenagers, right? Because you need kids to <laughs> buy tickets, you know? Yep. And then uh, – but then it's the same thing. It's like somehow the shark is back. Somehow the shark is terrorizing Amity. Uh, for uh, we don't know why. Who who knows? Like well, how did where, where did it come from? Is it the same shark? Is it a different shark? Why is why does he care? Is Amity just like you know, forgive the pun, like just swimming with great whites? You know, great whites <laughs> all over the place. Like why why does Jaws two happen? And right. that that to me is exactly what I'm thinking here is like, OK, sure, the shark is back. But if I were if I were Mrs. Brody, like you'd have to question that. Like it wasn't like a freak occurrence back in the 70s when like, oh, shit, there was this great white and, you know, my husband fought it. And then she's like, yeah, but then it came back like a year later. And then <laughs> when my son, if, if part three is in continuity and then she's like, then when my son was working at like SeaWorld, like somehow like a female one showed up and had babies or whatever. And then. Now my other son gets killed. Like as Mrs. Brody, you have to be wondering like, what the hell is going on? (laughs) Right. It's like once a decade, the shark shows up to kill somebody like close to me. Like I'd be a little paranoid too. I'd get the fuck off of an Island. (laughs) Well, that, 
that's the thing, though. There was no continuity because the writers never saw one or two. <clears throat> yeah, it seems pretty obvious. But I, yeah, Mike, <laughs> I think I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it. Like the thing that that other than the stupid log being lazy, the other thing that took <laughs> me out of the beginning of this movie is as soon as you find out that Chief Brody has passed away at some point in the past, I can't understand why. Mrs. Brody, why does Ellen still live there? Why didn't she leave right. Amity? The only reason they moved there in the first place was because her husband got the job. And, you know, I'm sure that she they put down roots, they got happy. But, again, with the shark attacks twice, you yeah. know, and and your oldest son doesn't live there anymore. Like, why stay? Like, what's the yeah. point? Go back to get wherever you out. lived before Amity, you know, back to wherever your family is and get the fuck out of there. Like, what are you doing? Why are you go still there? Go to a nice landlocked area where, where you don't have to worry about sharks. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just ugh. so silly. I don't, I don't get it. I, I blame. So I, I blame the, uh, the fiance Sean's Sean fell in love with this girl and they got engaged and that's why everyone stayed because he was, he liked <laughs> this girl. So first Christmas and now girlfriends <laughs> fucked everything up for the Brody's. The, the girlfriend that we see once where, or I'm sorry, <laughs> twice. We see her once when she's shopping, and then we hear about how she has to be on pills after Sean's death. And, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then we see her, like, spazzing out at the funeral. That's Which, it. of all the bad acting in this movie, that's the worst one. Because she's just like, oh, cue to be sad, cry. <laughs> like, it's so, <laughs> it's so, like, high school play. <laughs> oh, my God, it's so terrible. All right, Christmas and girlfriends are terrible and cause everyone to die of shark attacks. That's the logic that I'm picking up from Josh. The <laughs> well, well, here and going back to your uh, you know statement about her not wanting to get out, mm. she wants uh, Mike is Michael, right? Yeah, my other son. She wants him to quit his water job. Yeah, because he's what a marine biologist or something like that. Yeah, but she won't move yep. away from water to escape all this. Right. Yeah, because because later that night, you know, she she tells Michael that she wants him to stay out of the water and he tries to calm her down and, and tell her uh, and she tells him that shark killed your father and your brother. And he yeah. goes, Dad died of a heart attack. And she goes, it was the fear that killed him. Fear of the <laughs> shark. See, and that, that that's why they did that's why they did the did, they did that like mega close up on the fish that she was frying in the frying pan because she was like, look how much I hate the ocean. Fuck you, fish. I'm going to burn the shit out of you. We're not even going to eat you. I'm just cooking you. <laughs> that wasn't dinner. There, she was making a salad for dinner, but she was just burning that fish out of spite. Like, fuck you, ocean. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might be onto something there. But, oh, my God. So now we, we cut to the next day. And I love this is another one of those filler moments we were talking about. Michael and his wife are walking down the beach talking about how great his brother was. Like, he's going on about how much he loved his brother, this, that, and the other. And then he just runs away for no reason. Like, literally runs away. She's mid-sentence, and he's like, oh. he just runs off. She's like, where are you going? He's like, nowhere. Yeah. He's like a five-year-old kid. He runs off like, he's like, don't follow me. Don't talk to me. And it was like a minute scene of nothing. Like. So now we cut to Sean's funeral. We get some flashbacks from the first film because we're like, hey, remember this good film um, with Sean and his dad? And then we we cut to the next next day where Michael tries to convince his mom to come and stay with them for, for a while so she won't be alone. Uh, she reluctantly agrees after her granddaughter is like, come on, grandma, come with us. So we see the family traveling to Michael's home in the Bahamas. Uh, this is also where we meet Hoagie, who's flying the plane. Now... <laughs> 
Oh my god. Okay, so 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 let let's just let's just pause. I need to examine this for a moment. So, <clears throat> assuming the shark knew that they were going there cuz we're going to have we're going to have to assume this shark is fucking psychic. So, assuming he knew the family was going to go to the Bahamas and he peaced out after he ate ate Sean. If he was just like, "Well, got to get on the road." <laughs> he travels. <laughs> Hold on, I got it written down here. <laughs> Okay, during his 18-day Brody hunt, the shark swims 3,053 miles in 15 days, and that's assuming he left right after he ate Sean. Well, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Because Jaws Jaws III is like a a supervillain with his master plan, so he set the trap knowing that he could kill Sean, and he knew that Lorraine was going to be like, fuck this, I'm going to the Caribbean, and he was like, I'm going to be waiting for you, bitch. (laughs) He he set the buoy trap and took off. It's like, mwahaha, I will twist my mustache if I had one. (laughs) If my fin could reach it, I had one. Damn these fins! Now I want to see a cartoon movie of this with Jaws the supervillain. Oh, man. It'd be like the, the Jabber Jaws crossover. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that's right. What the fuck was wrong with cartoons? Oh, my God. They they had a talking shark that walked on his back fins that was like a Scooby-Doo cartoon. I forgot about Jabber Jaws. Holy shit. Well, maybe Jaws the Revenge is like a remake of the cartoon, but it's like the, the grim and gritty remake of your childhood classic. <laughs> the dark reboot. Jabber Jaws the Revenge. This time it's really personal. <laughs> Actually, that uh, this time it's personal, as a bit of the trivia, is that in uh, Back to the Future 2, where I think it was like, what, Jaws 19? It, it yeah. says... This time it's really personal. <laughs> this time my Max it. Spielberg. <laughs> oh yeah, I love it. <laughs> oh, whoo boy! So once they get to the the new place, we get a few scenes of Ellen freaking out. First, about her granddaughter uh, Thea playing on a rope swing over the water, where she spazzes and wants her daughter to stop playing. Uh, then, when Michael shows shows her one of Carla's sculptures, and it kind of sort of looks like an abstract fish. And she obviously sees a shark. Um, So she freaks out there. And then we cut to her swimming in the water by herself. She looks around, gets spooked, and starts to swim back to the shore when suddenly a shark jumps up and bites her and starts tearing her up. And she wakes up in a cold sweat. We get a few of those dream sequences in this film. So now we cut to a mini-sub looking for conch shells, or conchs, uh, to tag. So it's Michael swimming around in the little little mini-sub. Uh, while his buddy Jake is yelling at him from the boat to hurry up because he's taking too long. So now we, we cut to the, the family and Jake and his wife celebrating Christmas at the, the Brody's house. They're all opening gifts and chatting. And I like this uh, this comment that Jake makes because Michael opens his present from Jake and it's like this really busy Hawaiian shirt. And he's like, hey, may your sex life be as busy as your shirt. It's <laughs> like, OK, that's funny. <laughs> Well, and then and then it, it comes true. That's a prophecy that comes true because uh, Michael has sex twice later in the movie for no reason whatsoever. Right. Like, and we don't well, even get any titty shots or anything. So it was like, it doesn't even make any sense as to why they put it in the movie. Well, we know Carla's all horned up because as soon as he says that, she's like, oh, please. Yeah. And, and there's a scene where Carla is later talking to Michael's mom about her sex life. I'm like, no, that's yeah. weird. <laughs> like, 
I'm boning your son. No, that's weird. Don't. I know. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, we're fast forwarding a bit too, but yeah, when, uh, and Ellen and she's talking about like kissing Hoagie at one point and yeah. then, you know, and, and, uh, what's her name? Carla is just like, Oh, that's just like, you know, the first part or the first step or whatever. And she's like, Ellen's like to what, whatever comes next. Hey, <laughs> I, oh, like, oh man. Oh, I will, I, I, I would, I just want to make, say too, that, uh, Karen Young, uh, as Carla is, terrible she is a terrible actress i'm sorry karen you're if you're listening to this karen i'm sorry but (laughs) she was terrible in the sopranos too like it was just we're gonna tag you on twitter (laughs) oh god oh shit (laughs) you were great i love the sopranos but no she uh no no thank you oh my god yeah so uh thea asks ellen if if uncle sean was ever bad and if she ever had to spank him and then the families like everybody suddenly gets sad and they change the subject and Ellen steps out for a moment and Michael follows her. Now, out on the dock, they talk about how Ellen wants him, Michael to quit his job. So she's going on again about how she wants him out of the water. Um, he tells her that his job is perfectly safe and they've come too far to quit. And he's like, besides, you know, the, this is this is warm water where we don't have to deal with sharks around here. And then we cut to Jaws swimming and growling because sharks growl. <laughs> And it's like, no, stop it. I don't like it. <laughs> so we get to, to Ellen and Thea on the beach building a sandcastle. And suddenly Ellen's shark senses start tingling. And she looks out to the water like she knows Jaws is coming. Like, See, they have a psychic bond. They do. <laughs> she She has a fucking spidey sense for sharks. Like, she really does. It's oh, the voodoo. And see, and again... If they put that in, hell, even if in the opening credits, for no reason at all, if we just saw some, some fucking voodoo witchcraft kind of ritual happening with a picture of Ellen and like, you know, like, a, I don't know, some shark jaws <laughs> or shark teeth and they burn the picture or something, I'd be like, all right, so she's been cursed. I would buy that way more <laughs> because they put it in the film <laughs> rather than being like, hey, if you go read the book. You would know that there's a voodoo curse, but you know, you don't fucking need that. Sharks growl. It's cool. Yeah, <laughs> of course they do. But like, come on, every oh. even the producers, even the person who wrote the novelization of this movie knew that no one was going to read the novelization <laughs> of this movie. <laughs> that is true. That is true. They could have they, they could have had it be like the shark was an alien from space who came down like just to kill people named Brody and nobody would have known because nobody read that fucking book. <laughs> oh my god. Well, what a time to to be a writer, huh? <laughs> you know, know, writing novelizations of films. But you know, I I read the first book, the original book, and it was I got to say it was good and the, yeah. the original the original movie is like really really faithful to it but there's this really weird subplot where Ellen has an affair with uh um what's his name uh Dreyfus's character um oh um, what's that guy's, what's that guy I can't think of his name now driving uh, uh yeah Richard, I can't think of his name. I, I don't know yeah. why I, I'm I'm drawing a blank right there's Brody and Quint and the other one <laughs> yeah I can't think of his name either <laughs> um but anyway, yeah, and there's this whole like completely pointless subplot where they have an affair and like there's descriptions of them going off to like hotels and it 
it adds absolutely nothing to the story. Like, there's no point to it. Like, nobody ever finds out about it. Brody never knows. Like, there's no, like, dramatic scene where, like, maybe Brody finds out and then he turns on him. And now they have, like, an additional level of, like, conflict where they're trying to survive the shark, which would have been interesting. But none of that right. happens. It's basically just the movie, except that there's an additional plot where Ellen thinks that Richard Dreyfus is hot and they go off to some hotel off the island. And it's like, <laughs> I don't understand why. It just makes no sense. But, like... I only mentioned mention it to point out that like this entire franchise suffers from just pointless subplots that do not need to be there because probably because they couldn't afford more like shark killing people scenes. So they just put like bullshit like like that in there. You know, like this movie yeah. has so many like romantic subplots that just oh don't need God. to be there. They don't need to be there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, no, that's a that's a really good point. And and it, it probably is because of the cost, because the these shark robots were were expensive and 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 highly finicky, so yeah, that's probably exactly why they're like we got to pad the runtime somehow. <laughs> oh my god! But so while while Ellen is staring at the water with her shark senses tingling, along comes Hoagie in a rowboat bitching about fishing, <laughs> and he's just like, I love the fact that he's talking before he even gets to the shore. Like, he's just like, oh, might as well not go out at all today. I'm not catching nothing. <laughs> he's just like, he's <laughs> bitching the whole time and then just continues the conversation with Ellen as if she was privy to what he was talking about in the boat. Like, it's just, Michael Caine doesn't stop talking through this entire movie. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm convinced it's all ad lib. Like he was just telling the same stories he was telling to his like wife or whatever and just like kept on talking. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Oh, my God. So we cut to Michael and Jake out on their boat, and Jake is complaining uh, complaining to Michael that they have three months of work left to do and no money to do it. Um, then Michael notices Hoagie moving in on his mom over on the beach and starts watching with binoculars. <laughs> so he's distracted because he's like, that's my mama. <laughs> and then we, we cut back to Hoagie and Ellen on the beach. She's explaining that she knows the shark went after her son on purpose, and now it's coming for her. And he just stares at her like, all right, crazy lady. And then she's like, so, hey, how about a ride on your plane? Yeah. It's like, wait a second, what? You just switched gears really fast. You went from, there's a shark coming for me and my family. So how do I go for a ride in your plane? Like, wait, what? So we cut to Hoagie and Ellen in the plane. And this, oh, good. No, I was going to say, it's like uh, Hooper. Hooper was uh, Dreyfus' character. I had to look. I can't believe I had to look it up. I like, damn. Oh, that's like, right. Take my, like, you know, film fan card away or whatever. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. But, like, hey, you know, I forgot, yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> Hooper, Hoagie, whatever. You know, it can't be a coincidence. But, yeah, yeah. She's <laughs> she's just like, yeah, sure. Like, let's go. And, and this is one of the, again, one of those, uh, you know, pointless scenes where it just shows them flying clearly in front of a fucking uh, movie screen. Like, you know how they used to do the old thing where you're driving, you're in a, in a car, and there's just a, <laughs> a film playing behind you, <laughs> you know, yeah. of city moving? This was clearly the same thing, because they were just, like, flying alongside the same stretch of land, repeating. Um, but yeah, he tricks her into flying the plane, and then starts randomly telling her a story about how he was once kidnapped by headhunters in the Amazon, and they pan out. I'm like, wait, what? No, you don't get to cut away from that. <laughs> like... You just did I ever tell you about the time I was kidnapped by headhunters in the Amazon cut. We're at a festival now. <laughs> like, wait, what? It's like that scene reminded me of, oh, my God. OK, I know I'm bringing up a totally different movie. 
But do you guys remember the movie Shallow Hal? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With friggin' uh, Jack Black. There is a cut. Like bean that... dip. Yes, that is it. <laughs> and I know you've heard me bitch about this. It's, <laughs> it drives me insane. There's this like poignant conversation between, I forget uh, the, the girl's name in the movie, but like between her and, and Hal's friends. And it's like, it's very like sad and depressing. They're all in the car. And then Hal just opens the door and it's like, hope you like bean dip. And they cut immediately on <laughs> dip. They cut. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it's one but of those really hard cuts. Yeah, it's so bizarre. But it creates one of those things where like, you know, we're still talking about it like 20 years later. And literally every single time I eat like refried beans, I, I, I say it like, I hope you like yeah. bean dip because it's just so stupid. <laughs> that is very true. Sometimes it might be, uh, you know, worth it for the filmmaker to put in something crazy like that to keep it in people's minds. Yeah, I mean, we oh, we, we could we could think that maybe they were smart enough to be like, we need a couple of earworms in here to like, you know, <laughs> yeah. get people get people quoting the movie so they'll remember it and it'll become like some kind of a modern classic. But you know that they weren't that, you know, they weren't that forward thinking. It was just some dumb line. Hell, Jack Black probably just ad libbed it when he hopped in the car because he thought it was hilarious and they cut <laughs> so hard because everybody just bust out laughing and like ruined that, the shot. <laughs> that's probably it in a nutshell. I, I would, I would bet that he did ad lib and they laughed and that's where the hard cut comes from. Cause they're like, shit, you know, we got to <laughs> cut away. But that movie is really not as funny as it could have been. I mean, it's so problematic. Oh, now. God, it would yeah. never be made now. But even back then, like it was clearly supposed to be funny and it wasn't. So when you get a really good Jack Black line, it makes everybody crack up. Like you got to leave it in the movie. Like even if it doesn't make any sense, just leave oh, it absolutely. in. And again, look at us talking about it all these years later. And that that's something Jack Black was really good for back in the, in the early 2000s is his characters always had crazy one liners or like physical comedy moments that always stuck out. Like his character in High Fidelity, I always think about that fucking dance he does to Walking on Sunshine. Like it just—it's burned into my brain. It's so. the worst fucking sweater I've ever seen. It's a Cosby sweater. <laughs> I love that movie so much. Oh man, I do. Oh. I love it. I love it. Uh, I got to work very, very briefly in a record store that was just like that, and I didn't know—I didn't know anything about records, but I worked with dudes like that, and it was so much fun because I mean I've said before how I love listening to anybody, an audiobook, podcast, whatever it is, people talking about shit they're into, like, passionately. Yeah. And, like, working there and just listening to people talk about music, like, with the with the customers or with each other. And I was just, like, faking it the whole time. <laughs> 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 I was mostly just, like, working in, like, the used CD section, you know? Um, <laughs> but it was, like, such a – but, yeah, it, it's exactly like that. Like, I, yeah. I literally – Use that movie, you know, when I explain, oh, yeah, he's working at this store. It's just like in High Fidelity because it was not like invented. Yeah. I still never. Have you watched the remake? I know we're off on a tangent, but have you watched the the, the Hulu series remake uh, with uh, Lenny Kravitz's daughter? Oh, oh no. Shit. I didn't even know that there was uh, a I, remake. Damn. I keep I it, it's on my list of things to get to. I know Jess watched a couple episodes and said it was really good. And I was like, I really wanted to see it because it's it's like, you know, they do the the gender swap where the main character is a woman and but it's the same type of character as um oh my god, why can't I think of his fucking name now? Uh Cusack? Thank Cusack? you, Cusack. Yeah, yeah, it was like I was blanking. It's just it's the same character that Cusack played. So it's like I really want to see it, but I just it's one of those many, many shows uh that it's on my my ever growing list of oh, I should watch that. 
Yeah, no, but, I didn't even know about it. I'm gonna have to check it out. That's interesting that Zoe, Zoe Kravitz is in it, right? You said yeah, yeah, and, Zoe and it was, she's yeah. the main character. And her mom is Lisa Bonet, who was in the yep. original movie, right? That, yep. That's really cool. And, yeah. Well, I did, I did read the book that it's based on, um, which, I, which I have to say, you know, I think it's a good movie, but I think that that's an example of one where the movie, um, I should say, it's a good book, but it's an example of where the movie is way better than the book. I, I think so. Totally agree. To- totally agree. So we kind of went off on a little tangent there, folks. So <laughs> that'll be for the patrons. But so we, we, we do that hard cut from the headhunter Amazon story um, to the two of them at a local festival called Junkaroo. <laughs> so and, <laughs> and we cut back to Michael and Jake. Jake is now going down to tag the conks and Michael is on the boat teasing him about taking too long when suddenly Jaws comes swimming up next to Jake. So the shark made it. And uh, <laughs> Jake tells me, he's like, there's a big fish down here. And Michael goes, how big? And Jaws, as if on cue, pops up out of the water and begins attacking the boat. Quick cut to Ellen. Her shark senses are tingling. And she gets that look like she knows Jaws is nearby. Back to Michael. He watches Jaws chew some of the boat off and go underwater where once again, there's a shitload of blood in the water. And I'm like, this shark clearly has dental issues. Right? Yeah, he doesn't, like, kill anybody. Right. He's just bleeding from the mouth. <laughs> but back to Hogan, or Hogan, yeah, Hogie and Ellen. And, uh, he, you know, he's asking her, you know, what's wrong? And she plays it off as if it's nothing. You know, he sees right through it and tries to tell her that it'll get better with time. Eventually, the nightmares go away. And she tells him, you promised me a drink. And the two head off. So back to Michael and Jake. Jake is excited as hell that they have a great white in the area and they have a chance to study it. Michael looks concerned and understandably. Um, one of the boat hands points out to Jake, why didn't it go after you? He goes, it was right above you. And I was like, oh, shark vendetta. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't care about Mario Van Peebles. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> fuck your mini sub. <laughs> like, <laughs> so jake wants to keep it quiet so the fishermen around the area don't kill it before they can study it michael tells jake not to say anything to his mom later that night we see ellen being brought home by hoagie while michael watches out the window like don't you try to fuck my mama (laughs) 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 he's just peeping at him watching you oh my god (laughs) so we get to uh, yeah, we, we get to Michael, Carla, Ellen, and Jake arriving at a casino where Louisa, Jake's wife, works. Um, we see Hoagie gambling and losing. And then we see a whole the whole group celebrating, uh, celebrating Louisa's birthday. So, like, again, this is one of those moments where it's like, okay, now we're at a casino for reasons. And they're all just, you know, partying and talking and having a good old time. And uh, Jake almost mentions the shark. And Michael gives him the, the like, cut it look. You know, and Jake is like, oh, we, we, we just do it a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be famous because like, of our snails. <laughs> yeah, good save there, buddy. Good save. So, <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, uh, what is it? Helen and, and or, I keep calling her Helen because I'm trying to say Hoagie and Ellen at the same time. <laughs> well, it's like <laughs> Benefer. It's like Benefer. Yeah. They're, just, they're just Helen together. <laughs> so, Hoagie and Ellen go out to the dance floor and start dancing. Michael watches jealously. <laughs> And then cuts in and, uh, you know, he, he tells his mom, he's like, I don't like him chasing you. And she's basically like, mind your business. And he ain't chasing me. Your mama wants some. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's all about it. So 
she tells him she's done thinking about shark revenge. <laughs> not in those words, but, you know, she's like, I get it. It's it's not actually, you know, coming for revenge. And Michael gets that thousand yard stare because he knows the shark is there for him. Now we cut to the next day. Michael gets on his boat to find Jake setting up a tracker for the shark. Jake tells him they only have a short window of time because great whites never show up in the Bahamas. And eventually the shark will realize the water is way too warm and he'll leave. Michael doesn't want to do this, but Jake convinces him to, to help him while they still have a chance. Now we cut to uh, the next or later that day where Michael and Carla are arguing. This scene is once again, just filler, but it has a hilarious back and forth. Carla is yelling at Michael for not taking out the garbage. And he tries to explain that he's a little preoccupied with his work. And she's like, oh, don't give me that scientist bullshit about you can't fit anymore in your mind, blah, blah, blah. So they're going back and forth. And she tells how she has one of the biggest uh, events of her career coming up. And he goes, I thought artists worked with their subconscious. Why is taking out the trash my responsibility? And she just goes, because. And he goes, oh, okay, now I understand. <laughs> the way he says that, yeah. he goes, all you had to do was explain it. Hey man, you know as well as as well as I do that sometimes that's just the way it goes when you're yep. married. It's just like you do this and I do this, and there's no reason why. But like, yeah, God forbid you forget to do it one fucking time, and it's like, am I the only one who can take the yep. garbage out? But the answer <laughs> is apparently yes, because no one no one else will ever do it. <laughs> yep, no, it's it, truth. <laughs> <laughs> but I I just found that back and forth hilarious, especially her delivery of because, and he's like, oh. Okay, well, all you had to do was explain it. Obviously. And so she knows something is wrong and is frustrated that he won't tell her what it is. He tries to convince her everything is fine and goes, why are we arguing? And she's like, I don't know. It <laughs> starts welding her sculpture. And he approaches her and she tells him to back off and holds up the, the torch. And he goes, I've always wanted to make love to an angry welder. <laughs> I've dreamed of nothing else since I was a small boy. Like, wait, what? Again, <laughs> the dialogue Obviously. in this, it's so bad, but it's so fucking funny. Like, I was cracking up. And it's like, again, I know it's just chewing up, you know, time, but Lance Guest gives it his all and his deliveries are gold. Yeah, oh, he's <laughs> making it work. Yeah, he's making it work. He's, they gave him a whole, like, fucking steaming platter to work with, but he <laughs> is making it work. You know, he's yep. definitely the best actor in this movie by a long shot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then and this is one of the scenes you were talking about, uh, you know, Carla and, and Michael decide to get down and dirty with the, the garage doors wide open onto the little street that they live on. <laughs> yeah. And Carla, she's trying to tell him to close the door. And, he, and he's, he's like, just like, nah. nah. And then she just laughs like, oh, close the door. Like she, she didn't she didn't want him to close the door. She didn't, she didn't really want him to. Go. Right. He's like, <laughs> let him watch. <laughs> we just see like the children playing in the background. Oh, my God. So we cut to Michael, uh, Michael, Jake and the crew on the boat chumming the waters. Jake is set with the tracker. Jaws shows up, grabs the bait. They stab it with the tracker before it can swim away. So they got they got the tracker on him. Now we cut back to Ellen and Hoagie going out for a drink. Hoagie invites her on a trip to the Caribbean and tells her that he has an irresistible urge to kiss her. She asks if he needs glasses and he reminds her. I'm a pilot and have perfect vision. <laughs> so they smooch. <laughs> <laughs> I 
again. Oh my goodness. Hey, he's like, smooth, man. He's smooth. Michael Caine is smooth. Because <laughs> yeah. he's like, may I remind you that I'm a pilot and have perfect vision. <laughs> <laughs> Just a, it's just an accent. That's why he just tells all those completely pointless stories. It has nothing to yes. do with what he's saying and everything to do with the accent that he's using to say it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, so we cut back to Michael and the gang tracking, tracking Jaws, and they eventually lose him. Now, we get a few character moments in a row here. We see, because uh, again, they got to fill up that time. So we see Ellen and Carla excitedly talking about Ellen and Hoagie's budding relationship. This is the scene you were talking about where she's excitedly talking about the kiss. Um, <laughs> that, that we see Michael having nightmares about Jaws. Uh, Thea mimicking Michael in a scene reminiscent to the first Jaws where Sean is mimicking his dad. And then finally, Ellen telling Michael that she wants to make sure he's okay before she leaves. She says that she's worried about him, that she feels like something's wrong and he's not telling her. So they have this whole conversation back and forth where he's like, I'm fine. I'm just stressed out. And she's like, well, I'm your mom. It's my job to worry. And I'll never quit that job. You know, so just a lot of random nonsense for like yeah. 10 minutes. I, I do actually like the the scene with Michael and Thea where they reenact the uh, like the mimicking scene from the first movie. I thought that yeah. that was like a pretty legit cute. callback. Yeah. There, there aren't really a lot of callbacks like there's like at least two places where they could have stuck in, like, we're going to need a bigger boat and it would have been awesome. But yeah. like, they don't really do that sort of thing in this type of movie. Like now, like you can't, you can't do a sequel or a remake with like a thousand without a thousand references to like the older, you know, uh, installments. But I, I liked it. Most, most of the references in this are like just scenes from the old movies, like throwing <laughs> right. as flashbacks, you know, but I do really like that, that they try to create at least, you know, some semblance of continuity. And I didn't say it at the beginning, cause we were, we were making, fun of, of of the movie so much and you know and uh picking on christmas and girlfriends but i actually really like the amity island uh sequence at the beginning and yes i mean we obviously pointed out ad nauseum like how stupid the plot is but i really right. appreciated the fact that after the third movie was just totally off the rails they went back to amity and you know they, they tried to make a connection back to the first two movies and i think even with it being stupid like or I should say clumsily written, had they stayed with Amity, I think that, you know, you could have had a much more cohesive sequel. But that's why I mentioned before, like it just it just like jags really strange to the left when they're like, let's just go to the Caribbean. And that's when the movie right. just becomes like a schlock fest. Yeah. You know, the the thing with the back and forth between uh Thea and Michael, I think the only the only part about that scene that bothers me is the shoehorning in the like the weird sepia tone flashback only because um i can't think of his name the guy who played uh brody in the original um paul, um, paul schneider yeah he because he specifically said i don't want to be in the fourth movie like he was like i don't want anything to do with it so they're like we're gonna put you in one way or another <laughs> and so it's one of those things where it's like okay like i get artistically why they did it it would have just been fine for for her to be mimicking it and those that know would be like oh that's cute that's like when when you know the first movie with the kid but it also is one of those things where it just rubs me the wrong way whenever an actor's like i want nothing to do with it and they're like we're still gonna put you in it it just yeah it's weird to me 
I do agree. I really thought that the the flashback uh, sequences there were completely unnecessary, and you know they were kind of crass. But yeah, and, and, and I've mentioned it on a couple episodes I've been on in the past where like it really bothers me when filmmakers just assume that the audiences are stupid and that like yes. we can't, we're not going to pick up on what's happening. Like it's the fourth movie in the series. Like if you see this and you haven't seen at least one of the previous movies, but like specifically that really, really popular award-winning first one, like, <laughs> yes. why are you there? You know, why, why are you right. watching this? You know, and it doesn't really make a lot of sense that they're, it's like they're going, huh, huh, you see what we're doing there? You see what we're doing there? Yeah. And then just, they make it so obvious. And it's like, you don't yeah. need to do that. Like, trust your audience to like not be dumbasses. Yes, completely agree. Because that, that irks me every time as well. Oh man, so... We, we cut to Michael in the mini sub while Jake talks to him on the radio. He tells him that he has, they have a deal. Michael will, will do half a day of shark hunting. And then they spend the rest of the time tagging the conks because they have to, uh, you know, get the, get the job done that they only have three months to do. So first they, or I'm sorry, it was the other way around. They, they're going to spend half the day tagging the conks and then they're going to spend the rest of the day looking for the shark. So Michael gets out of the sub and begins tagging the conks. Suddenly, Jake gets a signal on his tracker that Jaws is nearby and tells Michael to get out of the water, that the thing is coming right for him. So Michael hops back in the sub and takes off right as Jaws swims up and attacks the sub. Michael gets out of the sub, swims toward a wrecked ship, where Jaws chews through the sub and follows him. Now, this scene, I will give the film this. This is a genuinely eerie scene. Like, as someone who is afraid of sharks... This scene definitely made me like a little uncomfortable because it was fucking creepy. So Michael gets in this wrecked ship and Jaws just starts like following him through the halls of the ship. I'm like, that's spooky. I don't like that. Yeah, this is the scene in the movie. Um, the, the one scene I think is really, really genuinely well done. Like there's not a whole lot to pick on here other than like it's over the top and the shark is fucking gigantic. But like yeah. this is a really well done. It's it's creepy. It's eerie. But you can also really follow the action. You can see everything. Like they're not like they're not using darkness to kind of hide the you know yeah. fu like fudge the details. Like you can see the whole thing, and it's also pretty believable that he could get into the boat and then get out. I mean, believable in the context of the movie we're watching, you know. But uh, exactly, it's yeah. like I, I this is this is a the high point of the movie for me. Same. I, I actually will agree. This this is the one part about the movie that I actually do genuinely enjoy. Um, and it also, it triggers something for me that is a very particular fear that, uh, I've only seen a handful of times, but it always is effective with me. And that's when something is coming down a hallway that it's filling up the entire hallway and there's nowhere for you to go. So like, uh, I think this started because I saw time bandits at a very young age and there's that scene with the hallway where the face is coming down the hall going, give back what you have stolen from me. Oh, yeah. Me. Like, and it freaked me the fuck out as a kid. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, or like, or like in Labyrinth, those like big spinning like yes. ball things come down like the tunnels. Yes. The, the, the cleaners that when mm -hmm. they're coming, yeah, that's exactly it. There's a lot of very particular sequences in, in 80s movies. I don't know why it was an 80s thing, but where something is filling up an entire hallway and it's closing in on you and you have nowhere to go. That terrifies me. <laughs> so, and I don't know like why that particular thing gets me so bad, but it really does. 
I've only ever experienced it in, in, in my life one time. And it was in a haunted house in Canada. It was when screamers was still open and they had, uh, they, they had this one hallway where when you'd get halfway down the hall, headlights would turn on and you'd see a, like a truck facade coming down at you like on rails. So it, it was, it was a jump scare, but it, triggered that same fear because it's like holy shit it's filling the entire hallway like where do i go <laughs> so yeah it's it's a it's a weird thing but they they do it here with jaws so michael's swimming through the halls and jaws is chasing after him eventually he gets up against a door that won't open right as jaws is like closing in michael gets the door open jaws snaps and misses he can't get through the door he's too big to fit through so michael quickly gets his tank off Right as Jaws busts through the wall coming after him, Michael jettisons the air from the tank and shoots up to the surface. So he scrambles onto the boat, looking in the water, you know, looking at the water in fear and disbelief. And it's like, Mom was right. Shark vendetta. (laughs) (laughs) So good. (laughs) The next day, Michael wants to, to go back in the water out of spite. He's like, I'm going back in the water. And Jake's like, no, you shouldn't do it. And he's like, if I don't do it, I'll never do it again. And he's like, well, we're going to miss Carlo's big day. And he's like, I'm going in the water. (laughs) He goes back in the water. And um, while Michael is down there, he's swimming around, like watch. And they're watching the shark monitor, like, you know, trying to track Jaws. And we get a fucking eel jump scare because we have to get at least one fake jump scare. Now we cut to the art installation on the beach. Louisa is pissed that the boys aren't there yet. And Carla sighs and tells her, you know, oh, they'll be here. During the ceremony, Thea sees her friends going out on a banana boat and wants to go with her friends and her friend's mom. So Carla agrees. Ellen gets a little nervous because her shark senses start tingling. <laughs> She's like, oh, it's fine. Banana boats are fun. Like, yeah, okay. You know, so if there's a shark in the water, you're safe. It's cool. You're on a giant floaty. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> right. So while Ellen's like, you know, her shark senses are tingling, she's watching Thea on the banana boat. We see a fin in the water chasing after the banana boat. Ellen freaks out and runs screaming toward the beach. Carla looks and sees the fin as well. She goes running toward the water. Jaws, Jaws, yeah, Jaws pops up out of the water and bites the mob on the end of the banana boat. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Her into the water. Okay, so uh, you... bear... go ahead, Maurice. No, you go. Oh, so you have to bear with me for a second because I have a story to tell about this fucking banana boat scene. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, go ahead. If you want to make a comment, go ahead because I'm going to be a man. I, I, I was just going to say, uh, I, am I the only one that noticed like the shark missed her and she kind of had to like move her leg so it got yes. wider? <laughs> yes. <laughs> she had to like put she had to like put her leg in its mouth. Yeah. yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh shit, the, the shark robot missed its mark. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> I think you meant to bite this, sir. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, man. So, okay. I love this movie. And I watched it a hundred times since I was a kid and um, loved the first two movies. I never saw the third one until I was an adult, but. Anyway, the point is, when Christine and I got married uh, back in 2003, we went to Jamaica on our honeymoon, which was awesome. You know, Caribbean island. It was a ton of fun. It was pretty inexpensive as those types of things go. We had a blast. We were there for like seven days. Uh, It was awesome. 
And uh, the only bad thing is we had like one crappy camera back in those early 2000s, and like all of our pictures turned out like crap. Uh, so we had, oh, we don't have don't have a lot of we don't have a lot of like good records of that trip. But we were there a day or two, and we kept seeing banana boats exactly like the one in the movie here. Uh, going around and I just kept thinking about this scene from this movie like oh man like I want to go on it because it looks really fun but at the same time I'm like irrationally creeped out <laughs> and like you know <laughs> right. having grown up watching this movie since I was like seven or eight years old and I was like ah, like all right so we finally I finally screwed up my courage and we're like we're gonna do it because like, this is stupid like we're in the Caribbean the water is so clear that you can see all the way down to the bottom, even when you're, you know, offshore, like it's crystal clear where we were, uh, in, uh, off of, uh, Negril, uh, in Jamaica on the Northern shore. And so we finally would get on the boat and they put, uh, Christine and I are on the back. So like it's, she's the last one and I'm, and, uh, I'm obviously like right in front of her. So I'm in the Thea spot, right. <laughs> <laughs> and Christine is behind me and we, and we take off and it's fun. Like it's going really fast being pulled by a speedboat. And I didn't re- catch it from this movie and never having seen a banana boat before in real life. But basically what they do is they create wakes, uh, and waves from the boat turning. And then you like launch up the wake in the water and like kind of go in the air a little bit and splash back down and that's what makes it fun uh and it was awesome we were going up and down up and down and everybody is yelling and cheering and the guys and there was two guys in the boat and they kept you know yelling back like faster harder you know and they were just making these really really like tight turns and making these big wakes and it was like you know uh intensifying <laughs> right so so finally they make a really really hard turn uh everyone's cheering we go up and and it just comes down upside down. <laughs> like oh, the, shit. <laughs> the whole, the whole banana boat like flips over. Everybody's falling off. And we, I mean, we, we weren't like way in the air, but maybe 10 feet in the air enough. where like, you, I could feel myself like falling off the boat. Like there was a moment of like weightlessness before you hit the water, except I didn't feel myself hit the water. I felt the weightlessness. And then I got kicked in the back of the head by Christina who was flipping backwards off the back of the boat. So my wife kicks me in the head and I passed out and I woke up. Yeah. Yeah. I woke up in the water face down, staring at the bottom of the ocean. And it was like, I remember thinking like, Ooh, a starfish. And then had to like, remember not to breathe because I was face down in the water. Ooh, a starfish. Oh, shit, I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I surface, and everybody's, like, laughing, and you okay, you okay? And, you know, like, it was, everyone thought it was great. And I'm, and I even just, like, oh, my God, like, my head hurts. Are you okay? What happened? I'm kind of seeing stars a little bit. I was like, ooh, the starfish. And then I panicked because I'm like, <laughs> oh, shit, where's Jaws? Because <laughs> I just had a banana boat accident, and I wasn't, like, thinking straight. And I'm just like, quick, come out of the water. <laughs> Pretty sure I would have had the exact same panic. Yeah. Oh man, it was awesome. It was awesome. Oh, that's too fucking funny. <laughs> I love that. Ooh, a starfish. Oh shit. I still remember that starfish. Oh. It was like, the water was so clear. Like it looked like you could reach out and grab it, but like I mean, I don't know how deep it must have been, but you know, pretty deep. Like right. It was. It was. It, it was pretty amazing. But anyway, oh it was God. good. It was a good honeymoon. Oh, and then I and, and and then I dislocated my hip on the last day we were there. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> but, 
but I, I didn't want to like stay in a hospital in Jamaica. So we, we like flew back home and I was sitting on the plane for like three hours with a dislocated hip was not at all fun. Oh my God. No, no, that yeah. definitely would not have been fun. Oh anyway, back, God. back to the program. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Thea and the others make it safely to shore. Well, while Jaws eats the, the banana boat lady. And, I love it. Ellen just watches with that Linda Hamilton face as as the shark swims out into open water. Like she just has that like thousand yard, like Terminator stare. She calmly walks to the dock to the dock and steals Michael's boat to go after it. Now, what, what exactly was she going to do to the shark here? She didn't have no, no spear gun. She had no, no, nothing like at least the, the poster art shows her on the boat with a fucking harpoon. She got nothing. Well, was she going to wrestle it? Like, what was she going to do? Well, yeah, obviously. Like, that was the main <laughs> event. Like, <laughs> It's going to fucking DDT a shark, you know? Like... I, I got to say, I, I did love that scene where, like, her head, like, whips to the side, and she has this, like, determined look on her face. Like, I'm yep. going to get this bitch. And, like, <laughs> and she just goes and gets a new <laughs> Like it's like like this like it was like the action movie scene where you're like oh shit like we're gonna have the big showdown. But see like again like putting her in the pantheon of like the the great like women of action movies like you see Ripley and Allie and she gets that look she's got a fucking pulse rifle and a flamethrower and a robot like she's like I'm gonna fuck you up. Linda Hamilton's got like a fucking shotgun and grenades. And a and fucking Ellen has a boat. Like that's all she's got. That's all she needs. <laughs> oh she, my she didn't, she well, didn't need a bigger boat. She had the right one. Clearly not, because she gets she loses pretty damn quick. <laughs> but so she she goes off on the water. And back home we see Michael show up and he finds out about the shark attack. He mumbles about how he should have known. And Carla and Louisa ask him, what do you mean? And he explains about the shark. And Carla flips the fuck out. She even says, how could you do that to your own daughter? Like, okay, hold on. I get it. I get that you you were not forthcoming and honest with the fact that there was a shark in the area. But he didn't sick the damn shark on the banana boat. <laughs> like, come on. Like, he he did that to his own kid. Come on. But... Michael asks where his mother is, and then he looks outside and sees the missing boat. He puts two and two together and goes to get Jake so they can go after her. They end up running across Hoagie, just out fishing again. <laughs> and he suggests using his plane to go find her. So now we cut to them flying over the water, and Jake asks Michael how, uh, how she thinks she'll find the shark, and he tells him the shark will find her. And Hoagie adds in that, that uh, you know he knows about Ellen thinking the shark was hunting the Brody family. To which Jake looks understandably confused because it's a dumb fucking idea. Like, Jake yeah. looks the same way the audience does at this point. Like, the fuck you two smoking? Like, shark vendetta? Yeah. What? <laughs> like, we're not in Jamaica here. What are you smoking, right? Right. <laughs> so now we got to Ellen on the boat and Jaws is trailing her. She sees it, turns the boat off and says, come get me, you son of a bitch. And I'm like, again, what's the plan here? Are you just sacrificing yourself to the shark? Like, are you like, if I kill myself, then it won't kill my son and granddaughter? Like, what is your line of thinking? It drives me crazy. So the trio in the plane sees the shark 
and they fly down right as Jaws jumps up and bites a chunk out of the boat. So they fly over and spook the shark. And it goes back down into the water. Hoagie calls it in looking for help, saying he needs some fast boats and someone who can kill a shark. He then crashes the boat in, or the, the plane into the water. Like, <laughs> why? Like, again, what was the plan? It's not a pontoon boat. Like, it, it can't land in the water. He just crashed it in the water. So yeah. then <laughs> so Michael, and, Michael and Jake jump out and swim to the boat. It's like, there's a fucking shark there. Like, I know, isn't that, isn't that the whole point? Like, and you just saw it. Like, you know that it's close. You know it was right there a minute ago. What are you doing? Again, what is the line of thinking? And then Hoagie just, oh my God, God bless Michael Caine, but Jesus Christ, I hate the scene so much. He just stands on the sinking plane and is like, all you passengers are the same. All you do is complain. And I'm like, Really? Like, is this the time for another Michael Caine story? Like, and then Jaws jumps out of the water after Hoagie, and he's like, oh, shit, and jumps back into the plane. Jaws drags the plane underwater with Hoagie in it. Mom yells at Michael for coming out there and for not believing in her shark sense. And then suddenly Hoagie's like, little help, he's hanging on the side <laughs> of the boat. It's such a like a British actor moment. Um, excuse me, if you don't mind, a little help. Pardon. <laughs> if you wouldn't mind terribly, a little assistance to save me from the, the man-eating monster shark. I hate to I hate to put you out. Such a bother. <laughs> I know. It just ate my plane. <laughs> like... Pity that. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. So they drag him up on the boat. And uh, Jake checks the tracker and sees that it still works. Hoagie realizes that the, uh, the the ship is taking on water, and he and Ellen start the start up the bilge pump. So now Jake and Michael begin rigging a device that sends out electrical impulses. The idea is that they're going to feed it to Jaws and use the impulses to confuse him and drive him crazy. They hook up the receiver to uh, to like a hook pole and get the boat going right as Jaws starts coming for them. Jake goes out on the on the boat. Was it a bowsprit? Is that what you call it? The point of the the point of the boat? Yeah, I think so. Bowsprit, I think it, is right. Yeah, so he goes out on the bowsprit with the device, and Jaws jumps up out of the water. He jams the pole and the device down its throat, but Jaws gets Jake as well in slow motion. <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but Jaws didn't get Jake. Like Jake fell into Jaws. Like he just fell. Like I mean, granted, I know he, he, the bowsprit it was slippery. It's thin, and he was trying to throw that thing. He lost his balance. Like it's not his fault. But right. you know, he did it to himself. <laughs> Jaws was like, "Oh shit, score!" It's like extra snack. <laughs> I got heartbreak ridge. <laughs> or was it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. Hoagie sees that they're taking on too much water and, and tells Ellen to take the wheel while he starts bailing water out of the ship with a bucket. Michael grabs the control for the device that they fed to Jaws. Jaws starts approaching the boat and we see, oh God, okay. <laughs> starts approaching the boat. Ellen looks to it and sees a flashback of Sean being killed, even though she wasn't there to see it. Yes, that is the we, single dumbest thing that happens in this entire movie. <laughs> we see, and we we complained about this in Hellraiser, where they use footage from the film that they already shot. Like you're filling up time, you recycling a scene we've already seen, 
like it didn't show her like remembering her son or anything like that. No, no, no. It was the scene of Sean in the boat, like, ah, my arm is in my jacket. Like it was that scene. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. It made me so angry. So Michael starts using the device, which causes Jaws to roar in pain. (laughs) Sharks roar like lions. Well, yeah, obviously. (laughs) Haven't you ever seen National Geographic? Come on. (laughs) Right. But then, as if that wasn't bad enough, Jaws is now swimming half out of the water like a fucking dancing dolphin at SeaWorld. He's, like, partially up out of the water like he's swimming for treats. Yeah, I think he spends the most of the like the last like ten minutes of this movie just out, just out, completely outside the water for some reason. <laughs> right. So he's he's coming at the boat, still roaring like a lion, and then <laughs> this is intercut with scenes of the original movie's ending, where Brody's lining up the shot, the smile, you son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Ellen rams Jaws with the snapped bowsprit, and the fucking shark explodes. <laughs> Why does course. it explode? Because <laughs> it's it an 80s excited. movie. <laughs> no, I, I mean, seriously. Like, even in the 80s, I have to examine this. At least in the first movie, there's an explanation for the explosion. He shoots the oxygen tank and it blows. Okay, I get it. They fed him a coffee can with electrical parts in it. Yeah. Why did that explode when it was stabbed? See, maybe this is just like evidence that uh, Jaws is like a zombie shark the whole time, and he was just like one of those like bloated like whale corpses <laughs> that just like explode <laughs> randomly because like the like the the gas, uh, the gas yeah the gases build up. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the so, gases build up and you're dead, so you know. Yeah. Oh, she popped God. it like a pimple. <laughs> yeah. Like, again, and this is one of those scenes where, as a kid, I just accepted it. I was just like, oh, okay, the shark's dead. As an adult watching it with a critical eye, I'm like, no. Why? No. Why did it blow up? <laughs> no. No. Like, like, hit it with a, I, with a, with a rolled up newspaper. Yes, no. I want to I hit the director with a newspaper. Put down that cocaine. Stop it. <laughs> exactly, right? Better ending. <laughs> That was our, yeah, our coked out producer. We forgot about him. He was like, you know, it'll be badass. The shark explodes. Yeah. It's ah, it drives me crazy. And then the boat. I love it because the boat just starts to fall apart as well. I'm like, what the fuck happened to the boat? Yeah, they all fall in the water. Like, I know the boat was taking on water, but it literally falls into pieces because there are pieces of it floating around that they're all hanging on to. Like, what is happening? <laughs> so they then see the half-eaten Jake floating in the water nearby going, Michael, you got a minute? And I'm like, what yeah. the fuck? Senka, you dead, man? And then he, he, even, he even says, how are you alive? Good right. fucking question. Yeah. This is so many what-the-fuck moments back-to-back. It's like yeah. shark, shark roar, shark swimming like a dolphin. Shark go splody, boat fall apart, half dead friends swimming around. Like what? Even Hoagie, like yeah. So even him surviving, like the plane, like he not only did he survive the plane getting eaten, but he's on the other side of the boat somehow. Right. (laughs) Oh my god. So Michael swims over and saves Jake, while Hoagie hugs Ellen, and they all cling to random boat debris. Now we cut to the happy family saying their goodbyes and Ellen's heading back to Amity on a plane flown by Hoagie. 
Hoagie sticks his head out the window and tells Michael, when I come back, remind me to tell you about the time I took a hundred nuns to Nairobi. <laughs> then he starts telling the tale to his passengers and the fucking credits roll. What? <laughs> That's how it ends? Well, remind yeah, I mean... me to tell you about the nuns in Nairobi? <laughs> they were sitting up for the sequel. <laughs> Holy crap. Oh, like, I, love this, that, I love this movie so much. That last 10 minutes is just, it is, it is an endurance of insanity. <laughs> like, it's like, how much crazy crap can we throw at you in 10 minute sequence? Exactly. But look how much we're in laughing, man. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. No, I will, I will, I will say I laughed my ass off watching this movie and I will give that. I will give credit where credit is due. This movie had me like, cackling <laughs> like i was i was losing my shit but it wasn't like, supposed to be a comedy <laughs> it's right, not supposed it's, to be a comedy right right it's like it's so many what the fuck moments oh my god but yeah i i mean as far as trivia goes we we mentioned uh pretty much we mentioned almost everything that i have written down here um except there was what i just thought was funny is that the water in the tank where the climax was shot was filled with blue dye which turned like both Michael Caine and Lorraine Gary's hair blue. Yeah. <laughs> so they were pissed off after the film because they're like, my hair is blue now. So like, yeah, okay, I, remember, I, remember, I read about that like years later, but I, I remember even as a kid wondering like, why is the water so weird looking at the end of the movie? Yeah. Even back then, I, I mean, I probably could have figured it out as an adult, but as a kid, I was just like, what happened? You know, like it's like, it's, it's like toilet bowl cleaner blue. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and this this is what i was talking about with roy scheider when he was when he was offered the cameo he declined saying satan himself could not get me to do jaws part four <laughs> <laughs> so he was pretty pissed when he was stuck in it <laughs> you, I, I what was there like four or five different characters that they tried to get back and oh yeah, they all said no except Every, for um, except for the main uh, what's her name Ellie um, uh, uh, Lorraine Lorraine Gary yeah, oh, yeah. I heard she Lorraine Gary reti- yeah. but she came out of retirement like just to do this and like has never yeah. acted again. Well, <laughs> 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 well, she had already said she was done, and then she was like, "Fuck, I came out for this." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just like, well, there goes any thought of coming back. Oh my god, so. Anybody have any final thoughts on this uh, Big Fish movie? <laughs> oh, man, I think I've said yeah. my piece and then some. <laughs> yeah, I love this movie so much. It's so stupid, but that's why I love it. It's not supposed to be stupid, but I love it so much. You know, and, and again, for the same reasons why people love Rocky Four. Like Rocky Four is such a cartoon compared to the first movie, you know, like somehow like Stallone, like solves communism because of boxing. <laughs> like it's such a dumb movie. And like to the point where like the idea of like the stupid action movie montage is like taken directly from like Rocky four. It became yep. such a parody of itself. And yet they took it so seriously 
And that's yep. what I love about that movie. It's what I love about this movie. You know, and it's almost like that genre switch. Like it's not as much of a of a shift as like Gremlins to Gremlins Two. Like if there had been a couple other sequels in the middle there before we got to like you know Mr. Clamp's building, like right. it, you, you you probably wouldn't have noticed it because that's kind of what happened with Rocky. It was just kind of like they gradually like got sillier and sillier, and you almost didn't notice it happening. You know, well, I mean, come on, Part Three had a robot. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> And and a lot of movies are like that, even with like, you know, with Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street and like Friday the 13th, like it takes a couple of movies. And then before you know it, you're watching a total schlock fest and you're like, wait a second, when did this happen? You know? yep. <laughs> but oh, yeah, and that, that's, that that definitely happens with the howling, which <laughs> might be coming Ooh. up next month. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a rough series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. And I, and I voted for it. Suckers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, but no, I I will I will I will concede that this film is entertaining. I will I will not go so far as to say that it's something I would choose to watch. It's not something that I personally enjoy as far as like I'm going to put on a, a good bad movie. Um but if it is something that other people are watching like if, if Jess is watching cuz Jess loves all all shark movies. Like she's she that's that's her like guilty pleasure. Any shark movie doesn't matter how bad it is, she'll watch it, and and she loves them all. Um, so yeah, if she's watching this, I'll sit down and watch it with her. Be like, all right, fine, I'd I'd watch it again. But it's not something I would choose to put on. However, it is entertaining because I laughed my ass off. So any movie that can make you laugh that hard is at least worth something. <laughs> yeah, we laugh, we definitely laughed a lot during this this taping, so it's worth that at yeah. least. This was fun. exactly. <laughs> Maurice, you got any final thoughts on it? <laughs> this was your, your second hated movie. Uh, I've got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Maurice is like, I'm just glad it's over. I don't got to see this right. again. <laughs> hey, hey, Reese, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Well, with uh, with that, I guess we'll we'll mention our our social medias here. So it's uh, if you're not following us already, we are the Boogeyman's Closet on both Facebook and Instagram. Maurice handles our Twitter, and what is that, good sir? At Boogeyman's the Thank you very much. Uh, we also have a Patreon. Uh, it's three dollars a month for all of our unedited up unedited episodes as well as one exclusive episode every month. Um, the higher tiers get you stuff like art in the mail and get to pick a uh, you know birthday episode, stuff like that. We also uh, do a giveaway every month. Now this month there there was a delay. I didn't get a chance to put up the giveaway. I kind of had to do an inventory because um, I had the the prize closet was kind of broken up into multiple areas. So I, I wanted to gather everything up, go through everything and kind of put together a package. So in March, we're going to have two giveaways because we missed one in February. So if you're wondering where that is, it is coming. We're just going to have two of them in March. Uh, so check out the social media for that. Um, we're also part of the rad Pantheon, which is a grouping of awesome artists, podcasters, musicians, all around cool people. Check out radpantheon.com for other podcasts to listen to musicians to check out and artists to check out. Um, and now I'm going to toss it over to Josh to to give us some plugs. So, Josh, what do you got? Yeah, you can follow me on um, Instagram, et cetera, Twitter, all over the place as just the Strasburg and come stop by and talk to talk with me about 90s comics. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I also run Comics Boost on 
Instagram and Twitter where I spotlight crowdfund campaigns for comic book projects that deserve to become a reality. So there's a lot of really cool projects uh, that are you know, crowdfunding, graphic novels, you know, kids comics, sci-fi horror, etc. So come on by, check them out at Comics Boost, just spell comics with an X. Uh, and as, uh, as Mike mentioned, uh, RadPantheon.com and RadPantheon all over the social medias, as well as Raised by Rentals, which is the other podcast that Mike and I do where we look at uh, pop culture properties on the VHS era and we improv new story concepts to see how we might, you know, add or improve to our favorite movies, TV and games. Absolutely. And it's, uh, it's definitely getting more and more interesting. The more we go on, I'm, I'm very excited for our next episode. Um, Cause it's, yeah. it's going to be a very interesting exercise <laughs> in creativity. <laughs> yeah, we've got we've got some crazy ones coming up. So yeah, uh, check us out at Raised by Rentals all over the socials to uh, follow and and see where we go with that. Awesome. Well, thank you, Josh, for joining us. Uh, it's always a pleasure to have you on here. I was glad you could could join us for <laughs> to be the defender of Jaws Four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on. This was a this was a blast. Absolutely. <laughs> And uh, I know we usually mention what our next episode is going to be. However, the votes have not been tallied yet. Uh, so by the time you hear this, um, we won't know exactly what. Well, we might we might know by the time you hear this what our next episode will be. Uh, it'll be a it'll be one. Ep- um, it, uh, sorry, it'll be episode one thirty three. God, I can't <laughs> can't talk tonight. Episode one thirty three. It'll be a werewolf movie, and we will definitely post on Instagram and Facebook and and all that where. Uh, you know, what movies won our, our little vote for which four will be covered. Uh, right now, it's looking like American Werewolf in London and Ginger Snaps will be two of them. But we'll see because there could be an upset. You know, there's a couple other ones gaining on them. So, but yeah, with that, we will wrap this one up. And as always, uh, <laughs> well, first, I'm going to say thank God this month is over. <laughs> <laughs> so we can get back to some films I actually enjoy. And uh, as always, this is Mike saying goodbye. See ya. I've always had an irresistible urge to kiss you, Ellen Brody. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I said that. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, follow us on Instagram at the Boogeyman's Closet, where you can stay up to date with everything we have planned. Get your, get your, get your.